Welcome again to another episode of Battle Science, the podcast where we talk about Pokemon Go PvP and Self Arena's tournaments. It's based on that. Ter- uh, Self Arena's monthly cups uh, and their metas. This uh, episode, we've got a list of things to go for over. Let's uh, briefly run down. We're going to uh, end cap Sinister and talk about the Self Arena's additions of the resources page um, where you can find some nifty uh, articles and videos and stuff. Um, we'll go over Ferocious Cup and its initial breakdown. Um, the Pokemon Go uh, official Twitter and uh, Pokemon Go Live put out a quick statement about in-game PvP organized mechanics or something we'll talk about that briefly um i think that's about it uh i am one of your hosts steven aka a boy in the woods joining me as always jesse also known as rocket admin j and for the first time we have a very special guest co-hosting with us go ahead and uh, introduce yourself i'm john uh or at what john's doing uh you might uh recognize that name from the sylph arena reddit he's done uh john has posted several um polarizing yeah polarizing things several polarizing (laughs) things and uh some uh additional resources as well we'll uh we'll get into that when we get into ferocious uh but uh thank you john for joining us here today it's a pleasure to be here guys um all right so let's just jump into uh the briefest of Sinister Cup recaps. Uh, what'd you guys think? Sinister Cup, it's, we still have another weekend of tournaments, but uh, from your guys' experiences, uh, would you do you give the Sinister Cup a big thumbs up or a thumbs down? What's your thought? I'll let you go ahead and go first, Sean. All right. Well, I'll chime in with that. I, I've uh, been very impressed, actually, with the Sinister Cup. Um, after playing all of, all the way through Season 1, wasn't really sure what to expect with season two. Um, it was a big shoes to follow and still a growing community and still kind of trying to figure out how all this works. I think the Silph Arena has done an amazing job uh, all in all. And the Sinister Cup to me has been by far uh, one of the funnest as far as the ability to pull in many different Pokemon. Um, there are still a few core pieces that really you're seeing show up at the top of every single tournament list but there are some surprises in there too which has made it i think really fun for a lot of people for a lot of new players and uh yeah i I think i think it's been a hit i think it's been a smash hit for the start of season two jesse you've done several tournaments uh so far (laughs) they're still going yep you've got a couple of uh remote battles going on i think tonight so uh what's your been what's been your thoughts so far so as far as the cups and how they go. This obviously has been a really fun one because it brings ghosts to the forefront where in the main series games, ghosts are kind of a glass cannon type like fire and electric. But in this cup, we're seeing things like dust skull. Put your mic at you. There you go. I got it. Eat the go. mic, right? There you go. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so we're seeing a lot of fun picks in like, I'd have to say the obvious core is Steelix, uh, Marowak, Alolan Marowak and uh, Poliwrath but 
outside of that, there are people running all sorts of combos. We just went to a tournament. I went to a tournament last Saturday in Monroe. My first opponent came in with a Jinx and an Executor. Oh, interesting. I was not prepared Ooh. for those. Uh-huh. But it was interesting because it's like, I asked him, what made you want to choose those? And he had said, it was something different, and I wanted to see people's reactions, and I got the exact reaction I wanted from you. Mm, interesting. He's like, I don't particularly care about the ranking. He's like, I'm going to go into season two just with the intention of having a good time. And I think he had a Bayonet as well, and there was something off. There was another one that was like just completely left field, Now I was like, oh, Hitmonlee. Mm, it didn't do great. But it did what it needed to for the role that he needed it for. Mm -hmm. And I guess he said he had picked Hitmonlee over any of the other fighters because back when he played the original games, that's the one he chose when he went to the dojo in Saffron. Ah, interesting. And he've always, he's always just like that one. Mm -hmm. So I guess his team sentimental value. Yeah. And I mean, that's also kind of what helps people pick their teams, but kind of getting off tangent. The Sinister Cup as a whole, I think, has been a great format. Mm -hmm. I like what they did. Banning Skarmory was probably a right thing to do because I feel like it would have just run rampant, mm -hmm. even with all these new introductions and what have you and whatnot. But still, overall, I think this has been the best cup that I've had the most enjoyable time playing in, and it's never been one-sided. Most of the matches, even if you play all three, you don't go 3-0. and There's never been a case that I've seen yet where someone goes 3-0. and Unless they get that one type where everything's weak against it and they just get stormwalled. Yeah. But overall, I think it's been a good cup. Um, my limited experience, I've only participated in one cup, but I've got another one coming up this next weekend. Um, I think you have to respect the ghost, but mm -hmm. I think beyond that, it's got a lot of um, a lot of different flavors you can go with. Uh, I decided, and I think I'm going to stick with it, is running one of my fighters as Blaziken, as a pure fire, as a hard counter to Mawile, which is so, so diverse in its moveset. Um, and it felt so good to be able to pull out uh, Blaziken <laughs> and pull out a win with it. Um, even though overall, over the course of the tournament, I had a, a, I have a losing record for it. Um, using that Blazekin and coming out, um, just felt, it felt right. Um, it felt good. So, um, it definitely got some good reactions from what I was watching. Yeah. I had a guy that wasn't even <laughs> participating in the tournament, just showed up to the Starbucks was wondering what was going on. And so it was like, Oh man, who's the guy using the Blazekin? It was like, it's me. And he gave me a high five and I was just, it's a, a, a jazzed experience. So, um, yeah, I think, uh, I think Sinister Cup had, Sinister Cup was a good way to start uh, season one. It was season two. Season two, yeah. Brain fart. Yeah. Um, I think um, the reliance on Ghost is interesting. Mm -hmm. I think going forward, having seen Ferocious Cup, it's we're gonna get some really interesting spins on cups going forward. So I'm uh, I'm excited to see what the rest of the the ten month uh, or let's see nine months at this point. Um, I, I hope I hope there's a pretty regular theme going from what I've seen so far from Sinister is it seems like they're almost focusing on saying, hey, if we have two or three Pokemon that really, you know, dominate the meta per se, right? Like they're just kind of basic, 
you know, good to go to guys. Uh, it allows for a lot more open selections around that to really play off of. And that's what's determining those lineups. Mm-hmm. If everybody has a Steelix, everybody has a Marowak, and everybody has a Polyrock, yeah, you could you could obviously have uh, mirror matches all the way through your tournament. But what's been interesting is seeing the, the selections and, like you said, multiple ghosts or even the different psychic variants. I've seen a lot of... Uh, Lugia, I've seen a lot of Claydell, I've seen Alolan a, a Raichu, I've seen a lot of different psychic types that fill a specific niche for that team, and then teams are playing off of that, which is which is really cool. And looking forward towards Ferocious Cup, I, I think we're in for a lot of a lot of the same in that. I think there's going to be a few Pokemon that you're going to see on everybody's team, and the rest of the the, the six are going to be filled out vastly different from team to team to team throughout each turn. Yeah. This is definitely a good cup for people to see team structure, I think. Mm-hmm. Get get a better sense of uh, team comp and putting stuff together. So, All right, so let's go. Make sure I'm not skipping anything. Yep, let's go uh, right into the aforementioned Ferocious Cup. Uh, November 1st through 30th, 30 days of battles. Uh, November's Cup is the Ferocious Cup. Uh, we need sound effect board (laughs) sound board slowly working on that uh let's see so uh sylph's page has the intro of a brand new challenge is charging your way starting november 1st the ferocious cup a no holds barred battle of the fiercest beasts on land will bring a chance to prove your metal and increase your global and local player ranking this month's cup brings a unique twist Here's what you need to know. So uh, sylph.gg slash cup slash ferocious is where you can find all the rest of the information. I won't uh, take up a bunch of time reading all this uh, uh, all this text here. But uh, suffice it to say, um, ferocious cup is an interesting meta. Um, they have phrased it as a whitelist meta. So it's not particular types specifically that are uh, available to choose from. It is... Uh, selected from a list of Pokemon that they have categorized as land-based mammals and reptiles inspired by the beasts who rule the land. Um, So that opens the door for a lot of Pokemon. Do you guys have any uh, standouts that fit within this off the top of your head? Yeah, I mean, right off the bat, um, using some of the resources, you got to look at Humbreon. It's it's win percentage is... Pretty ridiculous. Uh, according to the simulations, obviously you need to go out there and practice yourself to make sure that it adds up correctly. But Umbreon and Ninetales are two, uh, Lola Ninetales specifically, are two that I'm seeing right away making huge, huge impacts when it comes to this meta. So for me, when I saw this announced, my immediate thought was with all the changes that they just recently did to Bubble Beam, Suicune finally being relevant. yeah expensive it's an expensive investment but with my experience in jungle cup and how well i performed with raiko i almost immediately went i kind of want to just run all three of them run the three beasts that's 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 a hefty investment but most of them are just about there because Uh of the box research Mm. so i mean it's just stardust you can get more of that yeah yeah so Suicune has a great place in the meta being one of the four or five water types that, that are allowed, are allowed. Uh, that are allowed in the cup. 
Um, Raiko, you've had experience with Raiko. Uh, Shadow Ball is huge. Um, neutral damage. Huge neutral damage. But I think in this cup, with all the normal running around, just sticking with the two electric moves is just a, a zapper. Mm-hmm. So then, fine. So then my question is, if you're going to run all three legendary beasts, which I think is a pretty good uh, example of the ferocious beasts, the beasts that rule the land, the three legendary beasts, um, Entei, What's your what's your reason for running Entei? What are your, what's Entei countering for you? Alolan Ninetales. Yep. What's the remind me then? What's the the benefit of uh Entei running uh, Entei counting? Oh right. Duh. I'm sorry. It's I'm ice. thinking I'm <laughs> ice, thinking ice Alolan yep. Raichu. I was like <laughs> no, not where's this yeah. where's this fire going against uh psychic and uh psychic and uh, um uh electric yeah that makes tons of sense that's uh hard, and not, super hard not counter. just that any any of your charm users right because grand is also out there yeah and mm-hmm. uh raiku's gonna handle that as well because it, it resists fairy mm-hmm. and has access to iron head so then, dirty i like if, it if you want to run the three legendary beasts you got to be a baller with the stardust you, you do definitely <laughs> have to be a baller with the stardust <laughs> but that's that's an interesting team comp right there. The only big threat to that would be Umbreon because none of them do anything super effective against it. Mm-hmm. But you do have your three other slots for your rest of your team to find True. that hard counter. And if you get your bait correct, Suicune is a soft counter to Umbreon. True. So that would be your Umbreon counter. But you got to get the bait. Yeah. Hit them with that Hydro Pump. <laughs> so, unfortunately, if I could feel confident in reading off the whitelist um for the podcast i would um but you've got quite a large selection of pokemon across all of the released um generations so far um let's see how do we want to break this down um so if we look at the top the top meta we talked about uh briefly about umbreon um you look at uh nine tails the legendary beasts with Suicune being, I think, far and away the uh, the highest ranked of the three legendary of the three, beasts. Yeah. Um, what's something within this meta that you guys uh, see as either um, a really niche but amazing pick, or um, something that's uh, that might surprise people when someone comes in with it? So the one that I found that I really seem to like that's kind of, um, I don't think being talked about very much is going to be Agron. Mm-hmm. So Agron kind of has a, uh, a nice ability to just absolutely dominate ice types like Piloswine, yep. um, as well as your, you know, the Lola Ninetales. Um, but it's also iron, right? So, uh, or steel, sorry. So it also resists the Alolan Ninetales as well as Granbull. Um, and it does okay against an Umbreon, right? It's not, it's not going to win that matchup, but it does okay. It's got some good neutral damage with that rock throw. It's not quite SmackDown, uh, but it, it, it really does. And it would also put work in against the Entai. So, um, that's, that's one I found that I thought was a little off, but has some, I think, niche use. Um, I don't know if we'll see it on every team, but I'm sure we'll see it on a few. Might see it on Jesse's. He's got a <laughs> quality one. Yeah, it's... I got I got a I got a shiny that I kept. 
that has great PVP IVs, and I didn't <laughs> I didn't know that it had PVP IVs. It was just shiny, so you should. It, uh, uh, I got that powered up, ready to go. You should ask Steven how he feels about shiny Aaron. <laughs> I still don't have one. I've been oh, looking real hard. Cool. I still. I don't. I, I don't know. What it, to do. it was hard for me to evolve Aaron because I like the shiny Aaron because you can actually see its size really well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the rest of the evolutions is just not that impressive. But yeah. I needed it for PvP. I had to do it. So another was... one I like is regular Nine Tails. I think yeah. regular Nine Tails is going to also be a kind of a sneaky pick to fill kind of the same role that you're trying to go for with Entai, which is that that Alolan Raichu cover. Or, now you got me saying it. Alolan <laughs> Nine Tails cover. Jesse, what you got? So I kind of agree with the Agron. Agron's definitely been something I've always loved because I love my steel types. Mm-hmm. It always gets the raid hate, and I don't know why it gets the raid hate. It's not the best counter, but if you're going for survivabilities and you're just wanting to do damage, you know, everybody hates on the Agron, but I love my big boy. Um, another unique pick for this cup, like I was telling you, would be Miltank. I feel like people are not going to think about it and it does have a considerable defensive stat array. I don't know if you've ever looked at its stats. It's built like a brick house. And if you throw that out, I'm pretty sure you'll induce some uh, PTSD, Whitney, Goldberg, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> roll out, roll out, roll out, roll out. But I feel like uh, Miltank is definitely going to be a good pick because of its utility coverage. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lanoon. Obviously, they showed us at the regionals what Lunoon can do. Yeah, but it is an investment. I mean, from myself powering one up, it took a good amount of Stardust. Honestly, normals are going to be the ones to watch out for because you have limited counters to be against them mm-hmm. with the fighting, and that's literally the only thing they're weak against. Plus, almost every normal has some sort of subtyping move that, if you don't know your move pools, will catch you off. So I think normals are definitely really big in this cup and not knowing knowledge of what they have mm-hmm. might get you a loss. So study up. Study up, trainers. Let's see. How about you? What do you think? Oh, man. Okay, so uh going to hop back on my uh, Amphros horse here. Uh, <laughs> I wish Amphros was better. Uh, I'd feel more comfortable running it. Um um yeah i just wish i don't i don't amphros it either needs better stats which i don't think it'll get unless we get like some sort of cp rework um we've talked about moves there really isn't a whole lot it can get to to get any better um let me look through this list here i think the uh raichu raichu we've talked about before um skullchu uh, Skullchu, and then I want to say it had a fighting move. Brick Break. Brick, brick Break, which... Brick Break, um, yeah. It takes a little while to get to, but with Thundershock, it should be not too big of a problem. Not to mention um, its coverage against the ice and the steel and the dark. Mm-hmm. So it's got... Um, let's see, is Thundershock... Which one's... Thundershock is Legacy? Is that right? On regular Raichu, it is. Thund- okay. Yes, Thundershock is his legacy. Okay. Um, so I've got one I've been practicing with that is actually a little niche. I've been running Charm Raichu, mm-hmm. and it's been putting in work. Let me tell you. 
because people see that when it comes in against their water type and they're immediately switching out thinking they're going to bring in their Umbreon <laughs> to counter it and it just lays it to waste. So that's an, super fun. That's an interesting thing to look at PV poke stats here. The fast moves, it has a Thundershock as its legacy at a, oh, and I closed it, uh, 69.2% usage. And then Charm at a 30.7% usage and Spark and Volt Switch not used at all. So if you don't have that Thundershock and you want to, you, yeah, if you don't have Thundershock and you want to run that Raichu, run it with Charm and run it as the, um, a, a potential anti-water and anti-Umbreon. Um, and it does really well against other electrics too, because it's taking not very effective damage from their electric attack and just chomping away with that neutral damage. Um, it's, uh, charge move is a little bit more out in the open. Brick break is more heavily used. Um, wild charge is beneath it. Thunder punch only a little bit. Um, and then skull bash is coming in at a less than 2%. Um, the conversation Jesse and I had was, okay, skull bash is a one bar charge. It's going to increase, uh, defense. Can you, or two bar? No, it's a two stage defense increase. Two stage de- de- uh, decrease, words, two stage defense increase, but it is a one bar charge move. Do you, can you get to it fast enough for it to really make that much of a difference? So that's kind of the you have some options in what you want to run with brick break, and then if you want to run an electric type move, or if you potentially want to run skull bash, um, before making that that firm decision, I'd recommend running some uh, sims against. The other uh, thing other with teams. Skull Bash, too, is to get to that point, you almost have to sacrifice a shield to give it to that. You want yeah, to and to out. have enough health left to make it worthwhile exactly. yeah. afterwards. Yeah. yeah, Skull Bash is uh, really good with Blastoise because it already has that tank. It'll survive. But within Great League, I don't know if Skull Bash really plays that big of a factor just because the battles will complete that much quicker so and it doesn't do anything in pve mm-hmm. Alrighty, so dark is a huge uh dark is huge water is huge. a huge dark cloud <laughs> uh normal is all over the place uh you want to talk about ground yeah because ground's around here yeah there's some good ground stuff so the, the meta seems to be shaking out like Umbreon, right? It's, it's dark. Uh, Alolan Reticate also kind of fills that, that niche. Mm-hmm. But because there's no fighters at all in this, right? There's not a lot that really does super effective against the dark types, right? Um, so what, what I see is um, everybody's running going to run some kind of dark because all that they can counter it with is pretty much your charm users. So then you start thinking, well, what counters charm? Well, poison counters charm. Who's one of the biggest and baddest? Actually, two of the biggest and baddest poison users. Nido King, Nido Queen, that Nido Royalty. So those two are pretty interesting. I've I've seen some uh, I've I've done some practices. I've seen some simulations and stuff that I don't know. They think they might be viable in this. Um, I have not practiced with Nido King or Nido Queen. I actually don't think I have a reasonable PvP one. Um, as of yet, I see Nido Queen at number 16. Oh, Nido King is up at 10 um, with Fury Cutter, the Legacy Fury Cutter. Legacy move, Fury Cutter. Yeah. Um, as its uh, first uh, premier fast move. And then Earth Power and Earthquake 
So actually not running a poison move, but running the bug move, which will also counter the dark. So um, Nidoking and Nidoqueen also up there. Uh, we've talked about um, the Nidos before and their uh, overall bulk, but sometimes underperformance in particular situations. I think it's a lot like uh, Armaldo. Their concepts are really cool, but they share so much common meta weakness that they never really get a chance to be outstanding. But do you think yep. in, in this kind of meta that's uh, this is a, a potential where they're going to shine? I think if you don't get caught out on a bad switch and you get caught in a good position with them, they're a great check to certain pe- types. But outside of that, you need to make sure that you're not facing a water. You need to make sure you're not facing another ground type. You need to make sure you're not facing anything with psychic moves. Or yeah, the hardest thing for, for Nitto King and Nitto Queen to get out of their own way is that they they get countered by water and they get countered by the water counters. Yep. <laughs> so so not only the people who are running a Suicune or a Bi-Barrel or a, or a Vaporeon, but also whatever they brought in to counter that is also going to counter this because if they've got Grass Knot, that's going to get it. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they've got, you know, even the Psy Shock that drops uh, every once in a while from an Alone of Ninetales, that'll get it. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's some dangerous waters out there, but... Um, I think actually that this is one of those places where the simulations kind of steer you wrong. True. Um, yeah. Based based on the whole thing, um, the Nitto King is showing as number ten, but from my experience against the top meta performers, you actually would rather be running Poison Jab. And yeah. actually, Nitto Queen performs a little bit better in my experience than Nitto King in this meta. Yeah. Uh, I think the reason why it gets ranked that way is because if you go all the way down to the bottom of the list, you've got things like Baneri and Cubone and Bampy and Stantler. It's going to beat those kind of things, and it's going to inflate those numbers a little bit on that specific Pokemon. Uh, whereas if you really look at what people are going to be running in tournaments and things like that, you'll probably want to stick with the Poison Jab moves and, and have a Poison Charge move to, to help out. Uh, poison Jab Queen, by the way, with Sludge Bomb or Sludge Wave beats uh, Umbreon in the 1-1. So something to keep in mind. Yeah, I think it mostly just comes down to like you said earlier, what role is it filling on your team? And do you have checks to its counters to cover her or the king? It's like chess, like yeah. every time. Yeah. <laughs> it's better than rock, paper, scissors. True. Oh, for that? sure. For sure. <laughs> yeah, I, I think one of my initial comments uh, when I first saw this meta was it's uh, open like uh, a great league um or open great league but it's a bit more limited so i call it uh like the coke zero of open great league or uh regionals um i guess it's more coke zero of regionals from season one where there was already some limitations to types um but this is more limitations but also still open as far as what your team comp is going to look like so um and it is still pretty early we don't know what's going to perform outstandingly well. These are all just simulations run at current meta relevance. Mm-hmm. There might be a chance we see new moves introduced before next month. True. We do have the sword and shield drop coming soon. Potential new content. Yes. Um, I think if I'm, if I were to speculate what, uh, if we would get something with sword and shield, um, it'd probably be the start starters and then maybe one or two other beginning Pokemon. So I think we know Wulu is normal. 
Does it have an evolution? Will it perform in Great League? I don't know. Um, but the starters would, in theory, be banned because they've already True. removed the starters from Ferocious Cup um, to begin with. So Put that tinfoil hat on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if, if you want a podcast about speculating, this is... Well, I mean, I guess we are speculating already about the meta, but right. speculating that far in advance, then um, we'd, we'll maybe do a different episode for that. But, <laughs> but uh, I mean, at least today they announced the new battle thing in-game before we did the podcast. That's true, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we have the breaking news. Um, did you want to jump back into the other ground types? Uh, yes, because I think the one the one that we've all uh, sort of looked at and nodded our head be like, yes, yes, that is yes, is um, Hippowdon. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I like Hippowdon. Um. Hippowdon performs nope if I can spell it right Hippowdon H-I um, very interesting in uh, so I think we've seen like Hitmon Chan with the three elemental punches mm-hmm. in it's the variety of the charge move Hippowdon is the opposite where it's the variety of the fast moves so Hippowdon has the three fangs fire fang ice fang and thunder fang as well as bite um, and then some pretty powerful charge moves. Uh, it's spammy charge moves too. Body slam. Yeah. So a, a normal, a nice neutral uh, damage against. Does anything resist normal? Steel, steel, and ghost. Steel. Which I don't think we'll see a whole heck Sorry. of a lot of steel, ghost, and rock. All resist rock. Normal. Okay, we'll see. We'll probably see some rock. We'll see some steel because I think. Uh, Alolan Sand Slash, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> and then I don't. We'll see Agron, who we already talked to. Agron. Talk about Agron. We might see a little bit of Ghost, but I don't know if we'll see a whole heck of a lot of. I think a Alo- Alolan. Only Marowak. Ghost in this is Alolan Marowak. So, um, that normal is going to hit a whole lot of the, uh, a whole lot of the meta. And kind of discussing what you just said with its weaknesses and checks. That makes sense why Firefang is his highest voted move. It's going to be hitting that ice. Ice, steel. Yeah. And then power that with fire, uh, earth power, body slam. Mm-hmm. Oof. If you got a good one, take a I look do. at it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> how's it perform stat wise? It's defense weighted, but it it's, think like Probopass. It's built like Probopass. It's Bastion on Light. Okay. But I think everything that's not bashed on is bashed on light. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> the OG tank. Depending on the meta. Yeah. The OG tank and then everything that everyone else wanted to be like the OG tank. But yeah, definitely consider a Hippodon if you've had access to them. I know some people like us out here. We've had to wait for nest rotations. Yeah, to even have a chance to. I find just got, them. I got my first hippopotamus in Detroit literally less than a week ago. So I'm, I'm gonna start walking that soon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those spawns. That that spawns see feels pretty rare, even though it's it is within nests. So that's nice. Um, I'm trying to think of the couple of other fairly rare ones. I don't know besides like legacy. Um, what stands out to you as like a really rare uh Pokemon that's really high up in this meta that you should probably go search for? Is I there need anything... to jump back to the list personally. One sec. 
I feel like a lot. I mean, if you like a Delcati might be mm, um, something cause... that you don't run into a lot. Just kind of randomly pops when it when it does pop. Um, lick a tongue. Yeah. That one seems fairly rare. Yeah. Lick a tongue and uh, null tank, especially. Yeah, at this point, um, I think. A so it's funny that we talked about. Oops, sorry. Uh, it, it's funny that we talked about the earth or the the ground types, but we didn't really get into the electric types, which is the main counter to all of the water types that we started off the conversation with. True. Let's take a look. I think uh, ending my point on that, I think a Lola Nine Tails might be a little bit hard because you have to. Um, one hatch a reasonable one, and then if it's not reasonable, trade. Um, and at this point, the egg pools are uh, bloated. So, good luck finding one. <laughs> I know people hoard them though because it's considered uncommon slash rare because of its limited appearances, like you mentioned. Uh-huh. So I do know there's people out there that hold on to them. Oh, what what was that face for? Um, I've looked up uh, PV Pokes rankings but only for electric. Guess which mo- Pokemon is at number one as an electric. Is it Minin? It is Minin. Minin coming in at number 21 is the so far top ranked uh, electric. Minin, Pachirisu, Raikou, Raichu, Alolan Raichu, and then we start going down um, even further. This is that's wild. Okay, does can someone easily explain to me why this is the case? Or because it's ferocious, cup and the cutest things are the most ferocious. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's it's because Minins has the bulk and spammy, uh, powerful electric charge move. Spark is the best combination of high damage for a. Um, for a electric fast move and energy gain, Thundershock is superior because it gains energy way faster than Spark, but Spark does more actual damage. And then you pair that with Discharge uh, for a spammy charge move and Thunderbolt to, to hit the knockout punch. And then the bulk of Minin allows it to hang in there longer against some of the uh, others, including Umbreon, actually, in the 1-1. If you can land the Thunderbolt twice and have them block the discharge, you can win the 1-1 against Umbreon with Minin. So that's one of the reasons why Minin is the, the top of that food chain there. And then Pachirisu being the regional, unless you knew someone that went to GoFest or one of the Safari Zones, or or no, it would just be GoFest. It was just Chicago. Or someone that lives up north in Canada that was able, able to get one for you and trade it. Or get someone that you knew that had one. Pachirisu, Torkoal, a couple of those other ones that are going to be regional. I think because of the overall stats, they're not overbearing like things like Tropius are. Mm-hmm. So that's why you're able to see these. But that's a limited option in this case. But that doesn't mean that they're stupid strong and going to weigh the cup one way or another. So Pachirisu. What about, Jol- what about Jolteon? Where's that ranking at? It's pretty down there. Yep, it's beneath oh. uh, Plusel, uh, at number 47. Thundershock, Discharge, and Thunder. No um, last I wonder if that would change change any with Last Resort. Well, Last, Resort's, uh, last Resort is third on that list of charge moves. Um, hmm. that's, that's 
sort of the problem we're running into with uh, Vaporeon here with the it's helpful to have that last resort but during EV community day PVP was but a spark in people's eyes um, so we weren't sure what uh, you know what's your ideal um, IVs or uh, CP value I think most people were thinking okay I'm going to use these potentially for raids yeah just I need, get the just, highest one at the best IVs I can and max it out yeah just the biggest thing so I think just for fun I'm going to run a ferocious cup with a six EV evolution lineup I thought about it I thought about it and I was just like oh but wait there's no leafy on so that would be let me guess <laughs> oh. Glaceon Umbreon. Yeah, but you, you get Flareon Glaceon uh, Espeon Jolteon, Vaporeon, and Umbreon. Yep. But do you run Eevee? No. Just put I it mean, on the bench. Maybe. Let me in, coach. Espeon, the only last resort evolution I have is an Espeon, and it's a whopping number 89 on the ranking list. Yeah. Hmm. I wonder... It's just the overwhelming presence of Dark. I'm just wondering if Eevee will ever get something like... will get something like Counter, or get, you know, some wild... Uh, wild moves like it does and say like let's go hmm. i know in let's go it just gets like the lion's <laughs> share of available move sets so you can run it as like the swiss army knife of of pokemon let's go but i wonder if eevee will ever get something like that or if it'll get like a mega or maybe in sword and shield we'll see a normal type evolution who knows and then again you have the choose the chooser up there alolan raichu are regular mm-hmm there's the one I was looking at yesterday that I showed you my 99% PVP, the Luxio. Mm-hmm. I, I wish it had something other than electric or dark. <laughs> Just had a little bit of extra coverage. Yeah. But it'd be an interesting one. It's an investment if you're going to use it. Uh, Zeb Strika, one of the other new ones that's kind of rare for some people for Blitzel. But definitely an interesting choice with... Spark or low kick, spark being the higher priority move. It does have flame charge as its priority move for a charge move, which is interesting. Plus with wild charge or discharge as a backer. It's, I, I don't feel like it'll, I think you're better off going with the right choose and saving your stardust. Mm -hmm. But it would be one of those ones that could catch people out of guard, especially if they don't know it's move pool. And then one beneath Luxray. My buddy Amphros. Charge beam <laughs> plus hey, last thunder. Uh its overall points is a seventy-three point two out of a hundred, so it's not recommended. I know you want to run it though. Man, I really do. <laughs> I don't yeah, it's so focus blast and thunder. I've got a handful of really good uh Mareep ready for evolution, so I might evolve one and just try it out. It might be something like Blazekin from Sinister, where uh, in using it, I definitely feel its weakness, but it just feels so good to use it anyway. So, I don't know. Play it by ear. Hmm. Um, do we want to talk about... Do we want to talk about Vaporeon, Umbreon, in the last resort problem? A whole <laughs> lot. Probably not a whole lot. You know... I was thinking about that, and I'll just give my two cents on it, and we can we can decide on that. I'm going to have to uh, jump off here uh, shortly. 
but uh, I, you know, I don't think it's that big of a problem. I think a lot of people think it's a big problem. Um, it, it, it sucks. I don't have a last resort embryo. It, it's, it's terrible. I wish I did. I, I'm scouring my area trying to find somebody willing to trade me one. I don't have it. I've run several tournaments, not ferocious yet, but uh, without it and have done just fine with it. Is it, is it the best? No. So it changes the team comp a little bit. If you are worried that you're going to run up into that mirror match, I think it makes a difference with Vaporeon. Honestly, that's a hindrance. If you have the last resort, it actually loses the mirror match because of that. Because uh, last resort just doesn't hit Vaporeon, which is really tanky for a, for a Pokemon, uh, hard enough to actually finish it off once the shields are down. So I think it's, uh, it's obviously a pain in the butt. I think it makes it not fun when you feel like it's unattainable to get the top-ranked Pokemon uh, for the battle. But I've seen trainers with the absolute epitome of what meta is get floored in a tournament, and I've seen trainers go out there with the most craziest odd picks and just dominate everyone in a tournament. So is it is it is it a pain in the butt? I think so. Is it such an epidemic that, um, you know, we might as well not ever include a legacy move in a, in a tournament again? I would, I, would, I would lean on the side of no on that. Oh, what do you guys think? I think the Umbreon and Vaporeon last resort is it is really disappointing to not have those. Um, it's something that we look forward to December to have the potential rerun, but I think it's just that it's potential. Um, but this cup is in November. That's before we get the potential to or get the possibility to get these back again. Um, I think uh going over something that uh we've sort of experienced throughout season one um is that having those top rank meta pokemon are like really cool and if you know them and you know how to use them um then great but if you don't either don't have them um like i don't have a umbreon underneath i'm not going to look at an umbreon as far as my team comp i'm going to look at a lolan radicate because i've had experience with a lolan radicate i know i can perform with uh a lolan radicate i i get its um uh charge times um and its uses so um it's something that uh the the fear of missing out and the desire is there for sure but i think it's something that as uh, as we go through different metas, we have to look at and say, okay, is this a reasonable? Is this a reasonable desire? Is this something that is going to make or break the team? Is this going to be um, something that I need to like lose sleep over or something? Um, I think in these cases, I don't. I don't think they are. I think there's um, other. Um, Umbreon has uh, Alolan Radicate, and I feel like there's another Dark type that would also perform. Someone remind me. Am I maybe not? Um, Skunk Tank. Skunk Tank also. Um, yep. and then with, uh, Vaporeon, actually there's a barrel, which is a higher ranked one, higher ranked, uh, um, water type in there. So, um, I, I don't feel like these are, if you have them great, get, get used to them. If you haven't used them already, get the good feel, uh, get a feel for it and then use them to the best, uh, best of your ability. But, um, you know, if, if you don't have them, then I, I say find uh find a different team comp and that also kind of goes back to what we've said multiple times about multiple cups just because you don't have it respect it 
That's true. Know that your opponent will more than likely have it, even if you don't, and be prepared for it. And I do agree with what you said about using what you have. I mean, I don't feel like this is a cup that people should heavily invest in. I feel like you have a lot of cheaper alternatives with a loan radicate, with buy barrel. These are all fairly common spawns and easy to obtain. You go up to your friends and say, hey, do you have any extra loan rotatas? And they look at you like, are you what? They look at you like, <laughs> I had a friend yesterday who was like, we had a lucky trade. And I was like, do you have any Rhyhorn? And he looks at me like, what? And I was like, yeah, no, I said Rhyhorn. Do you have any Rhyhorn under 1500? And he's like, for our lucky trade. And I'm like, yes, I want a Rhyhorn. And he's like, sure. And I was like, what about Sand Slash? Do you have any good Sand Slash? And he's just like, what are you doing? And I explained the cup to him. And he's like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Mm-hmm these Pokemon that don't ever get to see the day of light because they're overshadowed by their superior other relatives. You know, this is a chance for these ones that are low cost, low investment. Many people have these BC ranking tier Pokemon that never get used. I don't know why they hold on to them, but people do. And yeah. I'm going to take advantage of it. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say fully explore the meta. I think yeah. just because it's top rank doesn't mean you have to go searching. I'm sure I'm sure if I went through my Pokemon box right now, I have... Which, by the way, you need to clean out. Oh, for sure. Um, <laughs> I'm sure I have a fairly reasonable, ferocious team already built Yeah. that maybe needs a couple of power-ups and a, a couple of uh, secondary moves. Um, but I think it's sort of just exploring all of what your your Pokemon box is right now to sort of see what, uh, you know, what strikes your fancy. So. Well, guys, on that, I think I've got to bow out. I appreciate you guys having me on today. We yep. appreciate you being here, man. Yeah, thanks for joining us. Can I give a quick shout out to my Grand Rapids Instinct uh, Battle Group? We've got our first uh, first uh, cup just underway. Um, having everybody battling remotely, we we also get together locally, but just the Instinct Group does a uh, remote battle now. So Grand Rapids Instinct Group, and then uh, the Pewter Apprentice on Ghost Stadium. Nice. What up, guys? And now my new uh, Pewter Rising Star group, uh, Pewter Rising Star 1. We, uh, we're right in the middle of our first tournament for Sinister Cup and for Season 2. So shout out to all you guys out there. I uh, guy named by the name of It's My Bus from Toronto. He's my best sparring buddy. And uh, Rebel Operations here in Grand Rapids, he's my best, uh, best sparring buddy locally. So uh, he, was, uh, he went to Worlds. So he's a good sparring buddy to have. So. Uh, thanks for having me on guys. Appreciate it. And uh, hopefully I can get on for another one soon sometime. Yep. Absolutely. Good luck trainers. See ya. Have a good one. Uh, here we go. And call left. Alrighty. So ferocious cup, start being prepared. Yes. Start looking over your resources. Uh, also, I think a good chance to segue into all of you that are listening the Silph Arena last week or two weeks ago, we kind of forgot about it, put out a new resource tool on their website. Yes. Uh, so if you go to silph.gg slash cup slash ferocious, there's its big title banner. There's an about resources in cup stats, which there's nothing on cup stats yes, yet. But if you go to resources, it has four different articles. It already has a nifty or thrifty by J.R.E.C. Wolf. Uh, it has the nifty search string if you want to search your Pokemon box to see what you have for um, potential usable potential per- 
potential usable Pokemon, if my tongue would allow me to uh, <laughs> speak properly. Um, a video here by Zionic, Ferocious Cup just announced. Uh, and then a deep dive, How to Play Against a Suicune by Tangent444. And I imagine as the month goes on, more things will pop up on this column. Yes. More resources and more guides that the Silph Road and the Silph Arena team have deemed good content for you to look at. And they place it here for you to not have to go all over Google and hearing everybody else's opinions. These are what they think are what you need to hear. The resources you need to use. They're going to post it for here for you to use. Also, don't just hoard this information. If you're part of a community, share it with your community. You want to see good competition out there. I know you want to win, but at the same time, one of the reasons why we're here and we're educating everybody we do is because we want to see a good challenge. Yep. I mean, we might not always win. It sucks to lose, but at the same time, building and strengthening your community with knowledge to help them enjoy the experience more is what we're here for. Absolutely. Uh, I want to see as many by barrel out there. <laughs> I I want to see you know I want to see some fun picks out there. So, um, kind of piggybacking on the fact that you said there wasn't anything for cup stats yet. If you are in a sinister tournament, you can go to the sinister article for this one. And this has been one of my favorite things to do lately is look at the resources tab and then go down to sinister cup resources. And kind of like I was talking about with some of the Monroe players last weekend is under cup stats. It shows you what is currently performing the most commonly and most succeedingly in team comps. And so far, Steelix at a resounding 45%, Polyrath at 43%, and Marowak at 40%. Early on, people predicted these were going to be the top performers, and they have been a staple for most people's teams. But you can kind of go down this list, and it shows you for the players that have been reporting these, which you need to do, please do after your tournaments report these because we need the stats. So if uh, once you complete a battle or once you complete a round, it will then ask um, what were the last three Pokemon that your opponent used? Mm -hmm. And then you can put those in um, and then that's how all of this data is collected. So, And um, this data helps us learn what people are using, kind of see what picks are popular, which ones are easily obtained and used. I mean, I wouldn't say Marowak and... Steelix for easy obtains. True. But you can kind of get an idea of what you're going to come up against. What's the majority using? And I mean, like uh, like what John's doing was saying earlier, you can look at the meta and build a counter team to that and just sweep. Mm -hmm. Like immediately looking at the top three, Steelix, Polyrath, and Marowak, you have really unique coverage. Two of the three of those are weak to water. Two of the three of these are weak to uh, fighting. Or no, Marowak's not weak to fighting. I'm sorry. But looking at what the top performers are and seeing, okay, what can I build a team around? Assuming that's what everyone's going to use. You know, just have some fun with the stats. The resources are there for you to use. Mm -hmm. uh, and this is all on the sylph.gg website under the resources tab. So going forward into next month, I'm excited to see how Ferocious progresses and to see what other resources and what other content creators are put up on that page. 
let's see. We're covering ground at a blistering pace. I will say we're uh, 51 minutes into uh, the recording here. Does anybody in the chat have any questions? You guys want to ask us anything in between? Give us a minute to breathe. Um, uh, while we're potentially waiting for some comments here. Uh, what's, uh, what John's doing, uh, posted a few hours ago on r slash the self arena an infographic about, um, the Umbreon and Alola Ninetales, um, team comps. Yeah. Team comps and talking about them in the ferocious cup, um, how they perform and how they perform against each other. So, um, saying looking like. Uh, stating these are two very big staples as mm-hmm. far as um, what you'll see in Ferocious Cup. So go check uh, go check that out. Um, I'm not seeing any comments, but I know that there is a little bit of de- a delay. So what else we got on the agenda there? Let's see. So we've end capped Sinister Ferocious Cup initial breakdown. I think we've done a pretty solid job. And I mean, that'll be something that on the next episode we can go a little bit more into detail. Absolutely. Because the next episode will be live recorded in the beginning of November and in between both the draft and actual tournament for our extra life. Uh, No, actually, the draft is going to be the draft is coming up this weekend. Right. And the tournament's the next weekend. So our next episode will be after the, after tournament. the tournament. So oh, our next bad. official episode will be. Um, after the the uh, extra life tournament, um, there's a potential we'll record a bonus episode. That's right. Um, between um, after the teams are picked and then after the battles are picked, we'll have two sort of segments. We might splice them together um, and talk about the overall experience of the uh, open cup draft format. So um, have some of those participants on as guests as well um we'll let you know if that comes through and happens though because there's a lot of other moving parts going on um time frames we have to hit as far as like at the venue day of so um, we'll let you know if uh something's going to come out of that but the if you are watching on twitch mm-hmm. follow us here we will be live streaming both the draft and the tournament and if you're listening on the podcast it's twitch T-W-I-T-C-H dot TV slash battle science. And I think I have the dates posted below. If not, I'll get on that soon. Let me take a peek. I probably don't. I think I still got it up. <laughs> um, I know that those dates are up on our main page when we're not live. Okay. So. Um, but yeah, we'll be doing the draft uh, remotely. We'll have our participants calling in their picks essentially and we'll have the order up for them the day of Mm -hmm. and then the tournament itself will happen the following week at our designated location um let me double check those dates so the draft will be sunday october 27th uh we're going to start at we're aiming to start at five i think it's probably going to start Somewhere in between five, five and, and six. six. Um, and we're going to try and make that 
somewhat speedy so we don't have like a four plus hour uh stream for that and then the tournament itself will be on sunday november 3rd one day after the extra life game day um and we'll have a double elimination tournament uh each round is best of three um similar to the pokemon uh go invitational at worlds um and we'll be live streaming both of those the tournament we're aiming to start at uh 12 i think was what we said uh 12 or 11 30 11 30 as close to 11 30 as possible because we need doors will open at 11 for us we have to set up and get everyone prepped and ready to go but right. um yeah, it should be it should be a good time. I'm super excited. Um, if you guys can't make it but still want to donate to Extra Life, um, we have the page. I want to say I've linked it to the podcast descriptions already, the previous podcast description. Um, I'll link it uh, to this one as well. But if you are on Twitch, you can scroll down to the info here. Um, and there is a little extra life, um, widget thing. It's extra life for the battle science. You can, uh, click the big green donate button, um, and donate, uh, to help raise money for Seattle children's hospital, um, to, to help with, uh, sick kids. So, um, greatly appreciate a little bit of, uh, a little bit of, uh, kindness, a little bit of donation. Uh, if you cannot, uh, either join us or, um, donate any money go ahead just spread the word tell your friends yeah um, let them know we're here doing fun stuff for pvp mm -hmm. um i'm really hoping that we get some new uh new pokemon either new pokemon go players or new people to pvp uh coming and watching the uh the draft tournament because i think it's going to be a great example of some fantastic battlers i know the people at the venue were excited that we're coming here to do this because they know of the game uh -huh. but they didn't know pvp was a th big thing uh-huh yeah, I think that's something that uh, seeing a lot of, of the bigger tournaments uh, around at least North America um, are getting like esports venues. Mm -hmm. um, and it's a it's a wild prospect. Yeah, and I, I know I've heard comments on Twitter of other professional sports teams going, they're playing Pokemon Go on an esports level. Like, oh, okay. Yeah, it's if we don't have the 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 cash pots or you know the the clout or anything just yet, but I think uh, um, with today's announcement from Pokemon Go, it might get the ball rolling. Not to mention Niantic in the past had bought some esports content. Some um, did they buy creators or was it? I'm not exactly sure the exact terminology, but mm -hmm. it'd be something fun to look up later. Um, that's a reason we'll transition to go into the, um, the announcement. announcement from Pokemon Go coming 2020 Go Battle League. This was posted, uh, earlier today, October 21st, uh, trainers battling has been a core part of the Pokemon universe since the very beginning. We're excited to announce and develop, announce the development of a feature that will build upon trainer battles. The current form of player versus player battling that exists within Pokemon Go. This feature will be called Go Battle League. Like many Pokemon Go features, Go Battle League will encourage players to get out and explore the world with Pokemon. Trainers will be able to walk in order to earn entry into the Go Battle League, then battle opponents from around the globe through an online matchmaking system and rise in the ranks of the league. We hope this feature will make the Pokemon Go battling experience more competitive and accessible to more trainers. 
Go Battle League is slated for release in early 2020. We'll be sharing more details in a special Dev Insights video soon. Stay tuned, trainers. The Pokemon Go team. So the one sort of asterisk um, that I saw on here that I, makes me wonder is um, trainers will be able to walk in order to earn entry into the Go Battle League. I'm thinking remote location. Do you mind elaborating? I'm a little confused. One of the things I've been seeing going around on Reddit today is potential venues or locations. Think like Starbucks. Star- I'll use Starbucks for us as an example because they're so every other block here for us. Mm. I mean, that's the <laughs> Seattle area for you. Yeah. I think places like that, that might. So one question would be, why did they roll out more EX gyms? I think this might play into it. I think gyms might be a new place of contention for these remote league battles. Interesting. I feel like places like Starbucks, for example, are places that are open to the public fairly commonly. They have a decent internet connection. Yeah, I see the lights strobing too. (laughs) Just overall, they're a great public area for people to come in and play Pokemon Go Mm -hmm. safe from the elements. Either that or, like, I don't want to say church buildings, but church buildings, government buildings, public libraries. I feel like that might be what they're going for with the walk to this place to participate. I I more thought of it initially as walk a certain distance and you unlock the ability to compete, which is a very interesting and Or somewhat... maybe it's, a, like, a center location in a town or a city mm-hmm. that you have to be within this area and then maybe your phone sends out a signal, another player... Well, it says globally, so I don't think that makes sense. Yeah, really. I'm not sure. Um, I'm I'm worried that it's going to be behind, be behind some sort of, like, a, a distance. Like, okay, to compete, you have to walk up five kilometers or whatever. Which, you know, if I wanted to walk five kilometers, I would incubate an egg and go walk five kilometers and hatch the egg. If I wanted a battle, I would simply approach another PvPer and we would scan each other's phones directly and and battle like so, we've been doing with the Silph Arena. Yeah. So I'm wondering what the um what uh what the sort of if there's going to be a catch here. Um another thing that I've been seeing a lot of people like uh King and all the other like big PvPer saying is will there be incentives to do it? Outside of just rank. That's a good question. Um, and that's it's a good point to bring up, too. Uh, I think we've seen Unova Stones. Uh, we saw initially with... Um, the Sinnoh Stones. The Sinnoh Stones coming out of PvP a bit more often. Um, I think Unova Stones we've seen uh, released to an extreme, almost an extreme rarity. Um, I've somehow gotten three in a row off of uh, weekly... Um, Breakthroughs. Uh, weekly breakthroughs um little little humble brag there um <laughs> haven't used any yet because i really i haven't caught anything that requires it yet um i wonder if unova stones will be similar to Sinnoh stones in that this particular activity of of pvp um the the networked or the global version will have unova stone as the one of the rewards personally um, because myself, we've seen it so rarely uh dropped I want TMs. Mm, that would 
to help sort of fuel PvP, you're getting PvP items from PvPing. That would be interesting. Um, I think there's a lot of things. Stardust. Um, if you had to give me an option, I would want TMs over all the other items. Right. I can always get Stardust. Yeah. I, I can't always get TMs. True, but I think the um, rewarding players with items that benefit the PvP experience from playing PvP would make sense. True. So um, getting Stardust, getting TMs, uh, potentially getting candy. But when um, you throw things like berries and potions in the mix, there's... I think. I think the one question that uh, arises here is this going to be um, like the rest of PvP where if you use a Pokemon and it faints, it doesn't actually faint in your box? Um, or is it going to be like Team Rocket Battles where if it faints, you cannot use it again until you revive it and heal it? I feel like with the way items are distributed and how much issues we were having this weekend with keeping resources, it would be a big detriment if they did it like that. I think they're going to keep it separate like they have with remote battles. Or not remote, just battles in general. Mm -hmm. Because battles and then raids are two different instances, excluding Team Rocket encounters. Yeah. Yeah, those ones are... Uh, Team Rocket battles are an interesting mix, an interesting hybrid of... Gym um, battles and PvP battles. Yeah. Um, one thing I wanted to ask you yesterday, and I've kind of noticed too, is for you... With all the new added Pokemon as Shadow Pokemon, are you finding it easier to beat the Rockets? Um, I haven't seen with the newest wave. I don't think I've seen really any of the newer Pokemon. I keep seeing uh, Rattatas. I see Zubats. I see the starters. I really don't see a whole lot of the... Um, I don't think I've seen a single Ralts. Um, Mareep is, I think, out at this point. I haven't seen any. Shadow Mareep, um, yeah. C dot. I think any from the newest bunch. I don't think I've seen any of. Which right, is really but I'm odd. just saying in general. Do you feel like the battles have been easier than what they used to? Because I remember you not wanting to do any of them because they were just a bit of a challenge. Yeah, initially they were a bit of a challenge. I think I was, um, I think I was showing some ignorance similar to, to anyone that's just like, oh, I have that Pokemon for the raids. They run in with Machamps, but they haven't invested in making sure they have the right moves or that they're boosted or anything. I think that's what I was running into is I was running the Pokemon that have the right counter types, but not necessarily the, the correct known moveset. Um, so I think I was running into some of those issues because even though it's uh, super under leveled, I would run my Lucario against uh, normal doesn't mean weak rocket um, battles and still perform really well, even though it is under 1500. It's it's the uh, Lucario I have for PvP. Um, it performs well because I have those movesets. Um, I think that's sort of where um my excitement and uh successes come from is okay. actually knowing what the the counters are and actually having pokemon that are ready for those would so. you say that the rocket battles have helped you in pvp matches like tournaments i think they're a different format the the rocket battles are really are really basically speed tests um <laughs> in a sense yeah uh because um if you have one you want uh you want fast and hard hitting charge moves you don't want something that's going to take fuck that uh taking forever to get to um 
because then your uh the team rocket is going to get to their charge move first they're going to um uh they're going to beat you um the benefit is they don't use shields so there really isn't a whole heck of a lot of strategy there um it's more in team comp and making sure your team is prepared for a variety of things because they can still change i think a good example of that is the female grunt when she says she's going to use flying types you think oh zubat golbat and maybe some other silly thing but instead she comes out with dragonite gyarados and you're just like whoa all still flying type it's just they're a lot more bulky so you have to be careful you want to run um you for sure want to run electric um but potentially other stuff so um but kind of going back to the introduction of the new potential ranking system of online play mm-hmm. in Pokemon that Pokemon company is putting or that Niantic in the Pokemon Go game is putting out. One of the other big things besides just item and incentive rewards that I've heard people kind of concerned about is it's something we have to address. And that is the people that spoof and do that kind of stuff. You can hunt specifically for IVs. These people can go out and find the rank one Pokemon. But I think I think the that debate comes back to one. It, actually, it comes back to the Ferocious Cup discussion of you can have the top rated meta Pokemon, but if you don't practice with them, then you're not going to be very good with it. Right, but so, the fact that the people that can have access to those, does that create an unbalanced environment? Yes and no. I think to be, uh, unfortunately, that's just a, uh, we'll have to wait and see if that's really all that impressive. Um, the top ranking self competitors, I would really hope none of them spoof. Um, I don't have, I'm not going to go search for proof that none of the top hundred battles right. spoof, but you know, they know this, they, they, they have the skills, they have the know-how, um, they, they are, they come prepared, uh, day in, day out at each battle. And I mean, we've seen um, and met some of these people and you can tell they do the grinding. Yeah. They put in the hours, they put in the work. For sure. Um, so I would I would hope that when this gets released and we have the global uh, if we have the global leaderboards, it looks a, a whole heck of a lot like the the Silph Arena global um, leaderboards. Um, and I kind of agree with Verge in a sense that IVs aren't the biggest difference maker. For sure, it's it it's what you scale. have. So I think that's another question of um. um are we going to see what kind of metas are we going to see in something like this? Is it going to be open great league? Is it true? Gonna are we going to see thematic cups like self has been doing? Yeah. Are we going to see thematic cups? Are we going to see, um, a mix of great ultra and master league? Um, I know personally, I probably only ever going to do great league. Yeah. I just don't have the resources to invest in an ultra or master. Um, I don't have the resource to invest in a master. Yeah. If so, you do, you must be one of the new people coming into PVP. Yeah. All you, I'm going to say to anybody that's new coming into PVP after today's announcement, good luck in master. Learn your typing. Yeah. <laughs> um, And be prepared to spend a whole lot of Stardust. You think um, that four million's a lot? <laughs> you going to learn. Yeah. Um, I think it's... It, 
as I was telling you earlier, the the announcement's cool. We've kind of known that they've wanted to do, do something, right. with, something more with PvP, and they've been um, making steps, small, slow steps, but they've been making steps to improve the experience um, and bring us to a point where something like this will come out. Um, this announcement isn't much of a, a surprise or isn't really much to go on. No. Um, as far as details, but it it's is definitely wetting the appetite of those that don't pay attention to the self arena. Yeah. Did this get pushed as a notification within Pokemon Go? I'm not sure. Okay. I'd be interested to see if it does and if that um, piques the interest of anyone that doesn't PvP. I'm sure there's plenty of Pokemon Go players out there that don't know that PvP is as big or organized as it is. Um, but and I, I mean, think something like this where it's within the game is going to, um, surprise some people. So that's kind of like the experience I had this weekend at Monroe. They had three people from other communities that just said, we don't have an organized group for PVP. No one in our group really will. And it's, it's kind of upsetting to hear that. Like I know here in our area, we tried and at the time it didn't seem like there was much interest. I know there was a lot of personal stuff going on in our group, but you know, when we went and did uh, last, I got a message from one of our, from uh, Game Nut this morning. Mm-hmm. And he said, you know, thank you. All the kids that went, we did, went and did the Darkrai raid with, they all got one and they were all high fiving. And nice. He said they wanted me to tell you guys thank you for helping them yesterday because apparently David, sorry, David, um, Game Nut has been telling me that our local community hasn't been able to successfully do dark ride raids because it's so difficult but because but, it's such a and it's an instance where in the same way with pvp the community has to come together for for things like this to happen right. so um so if you have a community out there and i know like other locations close to us a lot of these raid groups will just be go in go out they won't back out for you there's little to no communication you're either at the raid when it hatches or you don't get it be that person if you need to in your community that steps up and says, hey, no, let's listen. Let's work together. You can wait five minutes for this person that's bringing another two accounts, them and their child that never get the opportunity to do a raid. Mm-hmm. What's the word I'm thinking of where it's like, I, I want to say it's humility. Selflessness. Be the person to help others. And I think you'll see it go amazing places. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's something that within Pokemon Go and its duration that um, Niantic's been trying to push uh, Pokemon a, a a way that Pokemon can bring people together. I think the 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 reference of the first what month that Pokemon Go came yeah. out was the only time we'll ever see world peace. Yeah, the closest um, we've gotten to world peace in a long time. Um, I think that it it allows uh, generations of people and people from all of these different locations to come together um, under, you know, one common interest um, and one sort of goal of uh, either collecting them all or, uh, or I gotta, I gotta catch them all or to be the very best. Right. So um, that's, and I know it's a two sided coin. There are those people that do the organization and do the whole, you know, community effort. But then there's the people that are, I'm five minutes away three times in a row i mean (laughs) it's back and forth the whole topic of community in the game but just understand that everybody has a background everybody has a history Mm -hmm. but we're all here to play the game and we're all here to have fun so correct yeah 
Um, let's see. All right, we've gone over resources, ferocious cap. I'm repeating all of the stuff. End cap, sinister. Um, I think we're pretty much done for the night. Yeah, we've gone over the extra life. Um, we're putting some final touches on the organization. Um, if you guys are interested, again, extra life. Um, uh, donating to um, Children's Miracle Network, uh, Child- Children's Miracle Network uh, hospitals, and in this case, uh, for us, uh, Seattle Children's Hospital. Um, go ahead and check out those links, um, both in the uh, uh, underneath on Twitch, on our Twitch page, or in the descriptions on the podcast. Um, the events coming up uh, this weekend um, with Sunday. Uh, November, November, uh, Sunday, October 27th, the draft night, um, for the extra, for our battle science one up cup, uh, what we're calling it. We do have the Seattle cup the day before, right? The Seattle sinister cup, which we're going to try and live stream, uh, on Saturday and then following the, the following day that, uh, the 27th will be the draft. Um, and then the next Sunday after November 3rd is going to be the tournament day for, um, the one up cup. So we'll be live streaming all of the battles there. Um, that's one of the reasons why we're doing uh, double elimination so that we can live stream it, um, in an orderly and complete fashion. Um, that way you get to see everybody play. Yep. Yeah. Um, as opposed to, um, uh what do they call it in sylph arena what's the tournament style swiss swiss rather than swiss style um that was an early decision to allow for every battle to be streamed every battle to be showcased um we're gonna we have some amazing players yes uh that um that we have invited so um check that stream out um, and if all goes well, maybe do some remote league tournaments down the line. For sure, for sure. I know. I think we've got enough people, enough active people on the Battle Science Discord that will, which is also linked below. Yep. Um, that we free. It's open. Uh, open for people to join. So uh, go join the Battle Science Discord. Um, always nice to have some more uh, uh, more people in there chatting, sharing the perspective. Um, um, yeah, we. I think we could probably set something up for ferocious cup to be honest um with this much uh advance we could probably send something up for the middle of november maybe make a post about it after the draft this weekend mm-hmm. um and then in the future for extra life uh bringing in more of the community um so and on the note also for extra life uh stay tuned also for our sword and shield extra life stream Yes, that's November, what days? I think, uh, no, 18th, 19th, 20th? Yep. 18th, 19th, 20th, and 21st, so that's a Monday through Thursday. We're going to be playing uh, Sword and Shield in parallel. Um, so Jesse's going to be playing Shield. I'm going to be playing Sword. Um, we're, once we get each get to each town, we're going to uh, battle each other. Um, so we're going to be incorporating that PVP mentality into it. Um, so it should be fun. Another thing I wanted to throw out was I will create the channel here sooner or later in the discord, but if you want to join in with us on our adventure, I'll make a switch code channel and you can send out friend requests via switch, connect with other people in our community, Mm -hmm. play some sword and shield against some people, you know, 
have some fun with it. Mm-hmm. Check out campsites. Yes, the campsites. Battle. Yes. Oh, that was another thing. I don't. I think this could have waited till off off air, but I think it's funnier to ask in person. Uh huh. The week we're doing the stream. Yes. Do you want me to get some curry and rice? Yeah, probably. Do you want to? <laughs> do you want to try and find sausage curry? Yeah. Okay. And I want to stream us cooking it. Oh, I don't. Mm, <laughs> I don't know if we can technically. I like not technically as in like no Twitch won't let us, but as in uh I have to find a camera that'll work for that. Maybe I guess we could stream it off of your phone. Yeah. Oh man, <laughs> the, I'll have to clean a lot of stuff to get us ready for that. So just a thought. Yeah, potentially. I don't think I've ever made curry, so that should be interesting. Um, it would add to the pizzazz of the show. Yeah, we will probably need people for Gigantamax raids. So um, for sure, yeah, we could probably get a couple of uh, raids and get some campsite uh, in the wild area too. So yeah. Um, yeah, depending on, I don't know what the pace of the game is going to be like. I don't know how soon we'll get into the wild area. And, I've been and all keeping myself in the dark on the game's content just so I'm more impressed Mm-hmm. with the initial conception of the game versus being spoiled like I have with a lot of my recent games. Uh-huh. Um, so we'll probably, depending on how long it gets, it takes to get to the wild area, probably within the first day or two, um, we might uh, join up on the Battle Science Discord. We might uh, put posts out there pinging people if uh, we encounter a Gigantamax raid or something. I need my Waylord. Gigantamax Whale. Is Whaleward Whaleward even confirmed for Sword and Shield at this point? I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't maybe. I don't know. I would Gigantamax surfetched. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's uh it's gonna be fun. I'm really interested to see some of these uh these different mechanics and stuff. So um especially our PvP battles if we have the um Gigantamax. Mm. Um, what's it called? Um, uh, features and stuff, mechanics. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the 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 Gigantamax Charizard. Um, <laughs> I heard people really. What about Chonky Chew and uh, Longcat? Uh, well, I mean, I heard people really, really like Gen One starters. So let's just put those that's another topic yeah. for another episode i wonder i wonder if it, hopefully it's not just charizard that gets the gigantamax hopefully we get I like think the a reason why they dropped, or something i think the reason why they dropped the charizard was because the champion of the region has one ah uh, yes that makes sense um what's his name come on you can remember it i don't remember you're gonna have to Google it. I might. I I can't. I don't. I, well, I mean, I I have. A, <laughs> my phone is getting repaired. Chat. Right now. Give him some help. Uh, it's not Lance. Um, <laughs> come on. Uh, it's four letters. Champion. It's four letters. Leon. Yep. There it is. <laughs> Which uh, I think confirmed by um. Um. I think uh, uh, Game Freak confirmed that purple is Leon's natural, natural hair, hair color. color. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that should be fun. Um, let's see. Yeah, I think that's it. I think we're uh, we've covered up. Thank you again to what John's doing for uh, joining us as our first uh, first guest on the podcast. Um, thank you, Jesse, for um, hanging in. Um, Thank you, Stephen, for hosting tonight. Absolutely. 
Uh, and thank you to all of our amazing listeners slash watchers. It's always a pleasure to have you guys here with us. We love hearing your feedback. No, you're breathtaking. (laughs) (laughs) Um, This episode will go up on Friday if uh, I am on top of my game here. So this the live episodes recorded Monday, October 21st. The episode will go on podcast services around the globe um, around on Friday, what day? the 25th. That's probably going to have to be earlier on in the day when it goes live because I will be um, working very late. Um, we have an event running that starts at 10 and goes till late. So, or I guess early, depending on how you want to look at your hours in the day. But, um, I will, uh, let's just say it's a great show. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Not for the people who work at the place you work at. Oh yeah. It's, I mean, it's fun. It's, it's a fun event. It's just late. So, uh, I will be home and be able to upload early in the morning. Um, I imagine by your evening afternoon evening um the podcast will be up on uh podcast services um because some sometimes it takes a little while for those to uh, once they're uploaded to podbean to then go live on uh google play and itunes and such so um um thank you as always is tuning in yeah um one last week of sinister cup so good luck everyone participating in a sinister cup Um, And we will see you in early November. Or sooner. Or sooner. Yes. Uh, We will see you in the next episode of Battle Science. Or Uh, Saturday for the live stream. Or Saturday in the live stream for some more ferocious coverage. You mean sinister. No, November. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. If if you catch the next episode in November, we will have ferocious coverage. Ferocious. Ferocious coverage, so... With that cringe-worthy statement, I think we're going to call it a night. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in.